Welcome back, you guys, to another episode of the Good Grow Great Podcast. I'm your host, Talia Toha. I wanted to welcome all of you guys to this month when we're publishing this episode. It is the end of the year. And so whether you're listening to this at different times of the year or not, this is all very, very relevant because what it means is that you can prepare (laughs) and learn all of the lessons that we're going to be sharing actually all throughout this episode. And today, I wanted to deconstruct and unpack that concept that money doesn't buy you happiness, right? And we wanted to kind of hear from people in various different sources, whether this is true or false. And we're researching and deeply analyzing, okay, what exactly does happiness mean? And what does happiness look like in different parts of the world? Now, a lot of you guys are listening from different parts of the world indeed. And I know that at the time of the recording, we have 60 plus countries listening worldwide. So I wanted to applaud all of you guys who are here from all of these amazing countries, South Africa, we have Mauritius, we have Iceland, we have Spain, we have UK, US, Australia, and on and on and on. So welcome, welcome. And I wish I can greet you in your own native tongue, but that's okay. We have time to learn. Uh, all of those amazing things from you guys. Now, today though, I do want to talk about money and happiness. And what does it mean to each other? Are they related? Are they not related? Are they polar opposites? Are they actually tied together? And I wanted to share with you actually four things. The first one is basically a research that we've uncovered that actually might be surprising. And I, when I read and read and read this research, I discovered that I was like, oh my goodness, this is totally the complete opposite of what I had thought. And I don't know if this is good or not, right? So we're going to talk about the results of that research and it's surrounding happiness and in different parts of the world, right? And so the other things that I wanted to share with you today is basically the concept of happiness and what it means to have simple pleasures, guilty pleasures, right? or just unpleasurable pleasures and what that actually means and what it means for you to cruise through this month and to cruise through 30 days before the year closes and you have to start your year all over again, right? We always believe here at the podcast and with the Good Girl Great community that we don't want to be living the same life twice. And even if we are learning something new by living a different type of life in the next year, that's that's fine if we take two steps back and three steps forward, right? And so we wanted to really unpack what it means for you to have this fulfillment and joy in what you do and without having to apologize and compromise, all right? So without further ado, you guys, don't forget to hit follow and subscribe wherever you're listening from, and let's dive right in. First 
first of all, I wanted to start with a round of a game. You guys who are listening probably know this game, and it's a game called What Would You Rather, right? Or Would You Rather, I think is what it's called here in America. And you basically are presented with two options, and two simple options, and it's, of course, hypothetical, but it just really kind of shows you what your decision-making process is, and it really does help you to filtered through some of the decision-making things that often can be challenging. So for this round of what would you rather game, we're going to do this, the entrepreneur edition, okay? And it's just several words. And I wanted you to take like a mental note. If you're driving or if you're on a run or something, take a mental note of what your answers are. And your answers to some of these questions might actually be surprising. And it is something that helps all of us and definitely for people at Good Grow Great to just kind of discover things that, oh, okay, so that's actually what um, what I prefer. And the, the idea here is just a quick round of this game. And whatever is the first thing that came to mind, that's your answer, okay? So if you're rethinking it, and if you're taking like three minutes to answer this question, that means you're editing it too much. That is not an honest and good way to play this game because it doesn't help you uh, learn something new about yourself. So Some of these questions are, okay, are you guys ready? All right. This is the entrepreneur edition. What would you rather? Friends and family visiting you or you visiting them? All right. And I'll share with you guys what my answers are uh, about uh, about this, all of these what would you rather questions at the end of the episode. So definitely stick around. I'll share with you guys what my answers are. So that's number one, friends and family who visit you or you visiting them. And the second question, which one would you rather? Getting one two-week vacation per year or four weekend getaways per year? All right, next question. <laughs> this, is, this is good. I'm kind of curious to hear what your answers are for this. I wish I have you in front of me. And okay, the third one is working from home or working from a coffee shop. Working from home or working from a coffee shop. Next, your own business or working for someone else's business. Your own business or working for someone else's business. All right. On the computer for eight hours per day or in meetings for eight hours per day, which one would you rather? All right. These are all fun questions. And I will share with you guys what my answer is to all of these questions. There's about, what is this, five questions. And so just take a mental note and see, uh, just for fun, let's compare some notes. All right. Now, let's dive right into this topic of happiness and what it means to do the work that makes you happy or be happy doing the work that you aspire to do or working towards happiness or all of the three, right? And so one of the things that I discover is that a lot of people, when they think about happiness, right, the first thing that they think of is really that old saying, money doesn't buy you happiness, Have you guys ever heard this? Now, I know that this is a a really common saying in the English-speaking world. And so if you are from a different, listening from a different part of the world and this doesn't seem to appeal to you, I'm sure there is also a saying in your place around your community and where you grew up where people say things about money, right? Money is the root of all evil. Money is this, money is that. Now, I grew up in Indonesia, obviously halfway around the world. 
And I, I grew up knowing this concept that money doesn't buy you happiness, but we didn't really talk about it there growing up. I mean, we talk about money very rarely. I think just culturally, it wasn't really a thing that people talk about and people would just kind of dance around the subject and it wasn't a, an open topic of discussion. And when people do talk about it, they all kind of sheepishly talk about it and just try to kind of avoid it. And they talk about accomplishments instead, which is so interesting, right? And so when people say money doesn't buy you happiness, uh, we're, we went to research this a little bit more. And we found some data, we found some uh, analysis that some people around the world have done and uh, scholars have done around the world. And we found something by ourworlddata.org, ourworlddata.org. And they compiled information, surveys, polls, research that they put together around the topic of happiness. And one of the interesting findings that kind of surprised me was actually this chart, a happiness and life satisfaction chart that they had created and put together when they uh, surveyed people from around the world and they created a self-reported life satisfaction uh, map, okay? Self-reported life satisfaction map. And it's basically like a global map where everyone around the world can kind of report, okay, I'm satisfied with my life and there are measures on how they do that on so on and so forth. But what's interesting to me is that when the results came up, it's really weird, you guys, because some of the countries that are in red and red being, you know, the least satisfied by their own measurement, right? By the, the person who, uh, the group who are submitting their own understanding of whether they're satisfied or not. People who are in the red are from various countries, but uh, predominantly, you know, in the African continent, and there are some in Southern Asia, it looks like. And, uh, and then people who are in the blue and green, where they reported themselves that they are satisfied with their lives, are people who are in the American continent, people who are in Australia is really green. Most parts of Europe is fairly green and blue and certain parts of Africa and certain parts of Asia as well, which is kind of interesting to me because this could have been related to many different things. But if it is related to wealth and well-being, right, how rich we all think we are and how, how abundantly we feel our lives are, then the opposite of, is true, that money does buy happiness, right, which is kind of interesting. Now, I'm not saying that it is. I'm just proposing that it actually might counteract that old saying that money doesn't buy you happiness. Because for a long time, we all kind of, I think there's a general consensus that, okay, correct, it's probably true. And with our mind, we want to agree that money doesn't buy you happiness. But maybe in our hearts and maybe in our intuition, we're like, well, maybe it does, right? And what does that mean, actually? What does that look like? So again, I'm not proving one way or another. I'm not siding with one side or another. I'm just saying, okay, let's unpack this and let's take a look. And uh, this kind of goes back to this month of December when this episode goes live. And there's about 30 days left in this month. 
what I notice is that when this month of December comes up, there's usually like three kinds of people that I notice. Now, some of you guys know, I used to work in corporate, the corporate world, and I used to go and clock in and clock out. I would go in the morning and go into this big office building and uh, where everything is gray and very brightly lit to the point that you're just kind of like, oh my gosh, this is making me dizzy. And so when I was doing that, I noticed that around this time of the year, I would see three kinds of people, right? And I wanted to kind of see which kind of person you are, because this is kind of curious. The first kind of uh, people are the ones that binge consume simple pleasures, right? And it's really weird because around this time of the year, I would see people who normally have been sour all year and just cranky and moody all year suddenly kind of turn the switch and they go, you know what, this is a happy season and, you know, with the song and everything, you can almost hear the jingle, the bells jingling in the background. And it's very, very strange because for the most part, this people, this kind of people, they for the whole year they've just been, you know, going about a certain way, and then suddenly certain things switch. And what happens is that they binge consume simple pleasures, right? They buy a ton of gifts, they go all out with the cards, they would eat all the kinds of food that any other time of the year would be deemed totally awful for our health, you know. And yet this time of the year, somehow all of that is permissible because that's what's expected. So it's very, very interesting to see a group of people totally all in on this, right? Being a sucker for this. And I'm not saying this is good or bad necessarily. I'm just saying that these are the kinds of uh, things that, that's happening around us. And I'm, to be quite frank, I've had, this had been my MO for some time as well in certain cases, not every year, but definitely some years, this was me. And so it is interesting though, that we do this only on certain times of the year, right? And so I wanted to kind of understand why why now right and why the pleasure and does is pleasure happiness exactly and is happiness pleasure and what makes us happy is it is it this binge is, is it this 30 day of just binge consumption that makes us happy right and then there's also though the second kind of group of people where they see the whole thing as almost like guilty pleasures, you know, they see the whole like merriment as, oh my goodness, this is so unnecessary, right? It is so uh, uncharacteristic. It's it's such a waste, right? Why do this? And why at this time of the year? So they kind of take the opposite end of the spectrum where they just kind of, they don't want to be a part of it. They're like, no, I'd rather just on, be on my own and check out. And whether they do this intentionally or not, they... Uh, there are even those who take it to the extremes, right? Kind of like the Ebenezer Scrooge of the group, and they hate on everything in their life. And it is very interesting to see these guys turn this month at, into something that they basically are against. You know, they call it the loneliest, most miserable time of the year, which, of course, is very possible as well. And again, I found myself in times, at times, to to relate to this, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I can totally see it. You know, the whole thing is so much work and, and all that. And uh, sometimes it's too much, right? And sometimes it's too much. And so again, going back to that 30 day of happiness. So those people who are 
have to, who have decided that, you know what, in this next 30 days, I'm going to be super happy. I'm going to do all out. I'm going to be this, that. And then there's those people who are, you know what, not going to be a part of it. And they don't want to take part in the pleasures, whether that's simple pleasures, guilty pleasures, or even anything to do with happiness, right? They don't believe that that is something that will bring them happiness. So again, let's take a look at whether that's true or not and which kind you are. And maybe you're type A or type B at different times of the year. Maybe one year you're, you're A and the other year you're B. Now, there is still, though, the third type of people, which I thought is interesting as well, is this is the coolest group. I think this is like the, the most interesting group, the ones that just kind of shrug it off and, and slack off. And, and they'd say, you know what? There's four weeks left of the year. I just don't want to be a part of it at all. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to move on. You know, I'm just going to do my thing and yeah, I'll be, I'll do it if I need to. I won't if I don't need to, but why bother working so hard? And I'll pick up the pace in January. And this I noticed to be so actually much more prevalent, particularly when I was working in the, uh, the corporate world, I'd noticed that it would be so difficult to finish a project during this month because people have checked out, right? We've all checked out and we go, you know what? We'll do that all in January. And this month, we're all just going to do X, Y, Z. We're just going to relax, whatever, right? Uh, now, it is different, of course, if you've worked super hard during the year and this, is, this happens to be the month where you have the only time to take off, right? That's kind of a different story. But what I would notice is that these three different types of responses, right, to the call for happiness can really shine a light to what, it, what we really think about happiness and whether we actually believe that money doesn't buy us happiness, you know? Is it really that happiness comes from seeking simple pleasures, or happiness comes from binge consumption, right? Like that we just talked about of those guilty pleasures of the trees, of the gifts, of the vacations, of the, all these things. Or is it that we try to live by the old adage and old saying that, you know what, happiness is actually all about the journey. And, uh, and it could also be that we, at this time of the year, we allow ourselves the chance to prove that money does buy happiness. And so all these questions come to mind when, I, when we look at happiness in this topic, especially in the entrepreneurial world and business and the professional work. If you have a job and you're uh, a true professional and you want to really get, be successful in what you do. What does this all mean? And what is very obvious, of course, is that different people have different worldview of what it means to be truly happy. Now, for me, whenever people say that money doesn't buy you happiness, I don't know if all of us actually believe this, right? I don't know if this is true because I've had students, I've had people who come at Good Grow Grade and they all say that money doesn't buy them happiness. But of course, we, we, some people say, you know what, I, I am unapologetically uh, hungry to be successful, right? And some people do that. And I think maybe the reason why this, this saying that money doesn't buy you happiness is confusing to all of us and conflicting to all of us is perhaps because we confuse pleasures with happiness. And it's likely that money does buy you happy moments, 
right? Happy moments. Or in other words, like simple things that we find pleasurable, right? The gifts, the vacations, the weekend trips, the, the breaks, the Netflix or whatever it is. But I don't know if money by itself can buy you a lifetime of happiness, right? Because if you look at that word happiness, you're kind of going, oh, it's, it's joy. It's like this rush and this feeling. But a lifetime of it, really, right? Like that's kind of, those are some of the questions that we have to ask ourselves. You know, I think for years, uh, for years and years, I think a lot of people confuse happiness and moments of pleasure, moments uh, uh, and, and happy moments. I think that the two gets the two get a little bit muddled through and get confused. And I don't think we're doing ourselves a service by confusing the two. And happiness, I think, when people think happiness, they're like, you know what? It's years and years of it, right? But the question is, is there even such a thing? Is there even like years and years of happiness? And, um, and so this is something that I really am passionate about because again and again, this topic has come up with a lot of our students at Good Grow Great and a lot of listeners. So maybe we got all of it wrong. You know, maybe we're, it's like looking, it's like looking to buy our dream house by trading in pennies, right? Sure, you know, it can be done, but it would be the most frustrating thing that we'd ever do. It'll take years, right? And whenever we're even close to it, we have to go back and scrounge around for those jingling pennies. It's not built for that, right? And I wonder if money is like that, which means that we've been relying on that or on things that are not built to do the things that we're asking them to do, right? And it's it has it serves a different purpose and it has a different purpose. It's maybe serving to give us these moments of joy and moments of pleasures, but not a lifetime of happiness, right? That's kind of my, that's my uh, idea and observation, and what's interesting is that in the middle of this whole misconception and this whole world search for happiness in work and in business and in entrepreneurship, there's one quiet, somewhat geeky and gentle yet powerful voice on this concept of happiness, right? This former, I think, uh, let's see, over the last decades, Tony Shea, former CEO of Zappos, who just recently passed away, he really coined the term delivering happiness in his work culture. So people under his wing and people who are employed by his group, they all have to work around how to deliver happiness. And of course, they are encouraged to find happiness themselves. And Tony, I've heard, had even done things like, of course, offering free returns on online orders for their customers way before anyone else was doing this, right? Years, years ago. And he even went as far as offering his employees like $1,000 or 5000 even for them to quit their job if they're unhappy at work after a certain number of time, something to the order of one year. And it was really interesting to see this policy put into play and how his group and his employees work to become one of the most fulfilled people ever to work in entrepreneurship and ever to work in business because it's rare, right? You hear usually work cultures being stuffy and competitive and really kind of trying to screw the employees in the, in the butt. And it's just really something that you, 
you have never heard of. So it is really interesting to see him turn his idea into a 20-year pursuit of happiness. And so, of course, Tony passed away this uh, recently. And so we're going to be talking and researching his legacy a little bit more. We're going to be talking to some people who know Tony personally and or have been impacted by his work. And we're going to deep, we're going to dig deeper into this topic on the podcast in the next several weeks. And of course, I'll share with you all of these in the upcoming months. Okay, so be sure to follow and subscribe. I wanted to share with you the answers that I have to what would you rather questions. And so let's take a look and compare notes for a minute. Now, I think that as far as the question of visiting people versus being visited, to me, it doesn't matter. I personally prefer to visit places that I aspire to be around beautiful people. So if they live in beautiful places and beautiful uh, beautiful envir- environment, I would rather visit them. And so as far as the two-week vacation per year or four different weekend getaways per year, I would actually go for the four weekend getaways. And this surprised me because years ago, I probably would have gone for the two week, but I found that the two week really kind of gave this intense euphoric moments of pleasures, right? What we just talked about, but really quickly snowballed into dissatisfaction and just kind of disappointment to coming back. Whereas with different weekend getaways per year spread throughout, it felt it felt like it you kind of buffer the the pain and the joys a little bit more so it feels a little bit more balanced and as i grew over the course of the years that had become my mo all right so working from home or working from a coffee shop again depending on the coffee shop but i used to like coffee shop a lot and now probably working from home because the coffee shop gives me so much input and I love people. I love being around people, even though I'm an introvert, but I, but I love that interaction. And so in a coffee shop, I'm not going to be working. I'm just going to be observing or chatting or reading maybe. So as far as working is concerned from home, I get to kind of hunker down and just kind of power through, which is cool. And okay, so working on your business or working for someone's business. I mean, this is a hundred percent very easy answer for me, my own business uh, versus working on someone else's business. I prefer working on my own business because I love the flexibility and the freedom to do whatever I want whenever I want. Of course, I still have to put in the work, but I get to decide and control the times, what that looked like, the place, right, the conditions. So all of that gives me this just absolute satisfaction and fulfillment. And of course, working with different students, I get to share all of the things that I learned with different students who come to Good Grow Great and the podcast. So it's really cool. Now, computers, eight hours per day or meetings, eight hours per day. (laughs) I'm going to sound like such a nerd on this one, but I'm going to say computers, eight hours per day, mostly because I have done either of these. I mean, I prefer you have some computer time and some uh, personal time with people and just having that balance. But if I have to choose between the two, it'll probably have to be computer. And because 
I've done the meeting back to back, straight full day. It is hard, you guys. It's so hard. And again, I'm an introvert, so this is this the whole meeting thing never comes naturally for me. And so having to do the meetings for eight straight hours per day, I've done that a number of times in my life. And usually by the end of the day, I'm wiped out. I'm so wiped and I had to recover for the entire week and I become unproductive. So it's just, it, it doesn't work for me. It might work for some of you guys who are listening and you're maybe extroverted and you get that energy from uh, from sitting down and meeting one, uh, with people one-on-one. So computers, eight hours per day, not ashamed of it, even if I'm a nerd. But uh, but yeah, those are my would you rather. So I want to hear though. I want to hear what your choices are and what your picks are for would you, this game of would you rather. So email me your answers at talia at goodgirlgreat.com. I want to hear. And until then, don't forget to hit follow and subscribe. I'll chat with you guys later. <laughs>